Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key, both the comic book and the Netflix series. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we've got a special treat a for special you all treat. We dug into the archives. The archives. Now, if you've just been listening to our Lock and Key podcast, you may not be 100% familiar with this, but we've been doing a live show in New York City almost every single Tuesday for the past 14 years. Is yes. that where we're at right now? Yes. Uh, so we've had a lot of guests on the show and as i was looking back through our various podcasts to try to figure out if there was anything to tie into lock and key um i of course stumbled across our show from may 29th 2012 with none other than joe hill the writer of lock and key himself what? that is so cool what are the odds and this was um Right, he we had him on. Uh, obviously, we've talked about our relationship with them and loving the comic um, throughout all of the time. But we had uh, them on when uh, we had him on when we were uh, Alpha and Omega was coming out. Yes, yeah, it was right after Clockworks had finished. I wrote down the dates here. Uh, Clockworks ran through May sixteenth, two thousand twelve, so that had just finished a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, Alpha and Omega, which is the final volume of Lock and Key, hadn't quite kicked off yet, um, but that's where we were with that, and we hadn't read ahead or anything like that. No, um, so we were very curious about it. Also, at that point, just in terms of the media level of things, it had been about a year since they had decided not to pick up the Fox pilot of right. Lock and Key. Uh, and at this point, the Hulu pilot and everything like that, even the announcement that maybe they were going to do a movie trilogy was years down the road. And the yeah. reason I bring this up is because we did talk to Joe about this a little bit. Uh, but uh, what were you going to say, Pete? I was just going to say, this is also at a time where we weren't beaten down by life as much. You oh, know, geez. like uh, we were wow. a little bit more hopeful, uh-huh. a little bit more exuberant. So, yeah, there'd be a different, it's going to be a different tone to the show. I'm just a heads up. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I will tell you. So we've done, again, hundreds of shows at this point. Listening to this again, I was like, man, we have not changed our show at all. Well, what's what's to change? I know. It's perfect. No one changes, uh, no one changes <laughs> chili. Recipe for chili. People yes. experiment with chili all chili the time. Chili experiment, we always go back home to just regular good old chili. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a couple of things if you have never been to our live show or listened to our live show before. You can check all that out at Comic Book Club Live. That's on iTunes and everywhere Because we're else. still doing it. Yeah, we are still doing it at 7 p.m., Every single Tuesday Mm -hmm. in New York at the Pit Loft. Come on by. We have great guests like Joe every single week. Um, But what we are going to play for you, we're going to cut in right after the beginning of the show as we welcome Joe onto stage. This is in front of a live audience, so you'll hear them a little bit. Uh, We also have a dude named Boothman who mostly heckles us. I think that's fair to say. Listening back, it seems like that was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fun. It's all in good fun. Uh, so uh, you'll hear him a little bit, uh, but we have a good long interview with Joe about what was going on with Lock and Key at the time. Uh, we also took a couple of questions from Twitter, so you'll hear that. Uh, the weird thing in the middle that you might not quite get if you don't regularly keep up with comics that aren't Lock and Key is we have a section called The Stack, where we talk about a couple of comic books that came out at that time. Uh, that was a fun throwback for me because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Irredeemable. Yeah. There we oh, go. Oh, wow. Irredeemable. Yeah. Mark Wade's. Your oh. pick was Irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Your pick was Batman Incorporated, and my pick okay. was Chew. Nice. Wow, Which look at us. Nice. Uh, and jo- Solid well, picks. Yes, and it doesn't necessarily tie into Lock and Key, but Joe did offer off some opinions and thoughts about all of that stuff, so we left that in there with what you're about to listen to. And then after that, it gets into some audience questions. Uh, people in the house wrote out some questions that we read to Joe, and he talks about a lot of stuff with Lock and Key, including how would you use the head key, why comics for Lock and Key, creator rights, uh, tying up the series, the media future, which is certainly interesting to hear 
here, given that everything has gone on in the intervening years. Uh, but what we're going to do is uh, we're going to kick it off with the live show now. You'll listen to that, and then we'll be back briefly at the end to kind of wrap things up here. Oh, to be so young. Enjoy. Guys, I'm very excited about the guest that we have tonight. He writes uh, probably our favorite comic here on the show, Lock and Key. Ladies and gentlemen, Joel! Hello, Joe, please. Sit down. We don't know if our mics are working, but you should sit down anyway. How's it going? Test, test, test. We start every show with a quick test. Right, great. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thanks for coming down. Uh, As we said, Lucky is... I don't know. It's my favorite comic book. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you guys. Uh, no, it is also... Uh, we've ha- we've raved about it for years, literally, yeah. since it came out. It's my favorite, too. Good. Uh, well, I was actually curious. I don't know if I've ever heard how did you first come up with the idea for Lock and Key. Is it, is it a documentary? I, or? Yeah, yeah, when you locked out of your house, <laughs> you didn't have any keys. Good. And then you thought, what if I had all the keys? Booth man's back. At some point, I'll come up with a really good story about how Lock and Key came up with, and that will be the origin story. But I haven't been able to figure anything out yet, and, and the truth is so boring. You know, the, essentially, I was a failed writer. Uh, I had, I had, um, I had spent three years writing this novel, uh, big epic fantasy, which became a huge international bestseller in my imagination. <laughs> but in real life, it was turned down by every publisher uh, in, in New York. Um, it was turned down by every publisher in London. Um, for an extra kick in the pants, it was turned down in Canada. And uh, the uh, the the... So I had, I had completely sort of washed out as a novelist. I had had some success with short stories, and I managed to break through uh, um, with this one short story, which got in some best-of collections, and which attracted the notice of a scout at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And at what that do those time, scouts look like? Um, Are they like scouts in Stratego? This scout was... This what? Scout was, um, Stratego, they can defuse bombs. They're number eight. <laughs> <laughs> They're easy to kill unless you're a bomb, and they get the bombs. I've never played Stratego. Really? Yeah. Anybody? Great game. Thank yeah. you. You two guys. <laughs> Let's get a game going afterwards. <laughs> Only the longest bearded men in the crowd have Stratego so, with me. I think it's safe to say that Warner Brothers will spend $150 million on it. Absolutely. Bingo. I'm developing yeah, it as a movie. Rocking. Yeah. It's starring Tyler Kitsch's The Stratego. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, so you're working. <laughs> so, so You're creating Stratego. Uh, uh, um, a bunch of creators from other fees had been hauled in by this talent scout, including Jason Aaron, and they wrote for a Marvel audition title. There were two secret audition titles. There was Spider-Man Unlimited and X-Men Unlimited. And those were... So, like, they would put new writers on there just to yeah, be Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, the, the secret of those titles were they were there were two stories in each um, in each issue, and the whole idea was to give guys who had not written comics a chance to sort of see if they could do it uh-huh. and, and make some money at the same time. So Marvel kind of stuck out these writers, these first-time writers, and so anyway, so I did I did a story for Spider-Man Unlimited, an eleven-page story. It was the absolute worst piece of garbage I've ever written in my life. (laughs) Well, what happened? Oh my God, it was so horrid. It was about this. It was about a reality show called The Fanboys, (laughs) and and Uh it was it was like three out of shape comic book losers. Without a shape, uh, I'll take loser. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm they try to you. they try to True. imitate the deeds of superheroes only without superpowers, and they make fools of themselves, and they crash a helicopter in New York and everything. And it was only saved by some wonderful art from the late Seth Fisher, who actually oh. made somehow made my script funny, which it wasn't. Wow. I tried, but um, and the funny thing is, is even though it was like the worst thing I ever had published, after that I, I sort of. I, the, the comic book field had its hooks in me, and I really wanted to experience that again because I discovered I loved putting together a comic script. Oh, and, cool. you know, and growing up, all my favorite creators were comic book guys. They were Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore and Chris Claremont, Frank Miller. The only publisher I cared about as a kid was Vertigo. You know, <laughs> and, nice. And, and, uh. and so I was desperate to get another chance to write for more write more comics. And I worked up some pitches for Marvel. Um, I remember one of them was for a baby Hulk storyline. Um, it would have been a Hulk because I had a little kid my, uh, myself at that time and I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a three-year-old who could Hulk out? And just imagine how tragic that would be because you have no emotional control at three and, you know, and I, I, I yeah, but, three. 
<laughs> so, um, but Marvel passed on that. Marvel also passed on my weird haunted house story, which was, it was kind of like a house with like these mutant keys in it. And, wait. And yeah, I wait kept, for. I kept thinking about that story after Marvel passed on it. Some other publishers um, who have, you know, sort of like letters for a name and, um, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, Months passed, and I would keep thinking up new keys and new ideas about this house. And uh, eventually, I had a novel come out uh, called Heart Shaped Box. Around the same time it came out, IDW contacted me and said, we'd love to do something with your short stories. We've had luck adapting short stories by writers. And I said, wait, don't adapt my short stories. Let me pitch on something else. I got this great idea for a haunted house story, and it will last exactly six issues. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how Lock and Key got started. And you think that's a bad story? (laughs) That's an awesome story. I'm actually kind of curious. Was the original Marvel pitch, was that tied to something? Was that like supposed to be a Doctor Strange story or something? It was supposed to be an original Vertigo-like title. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I also pitched Marvel on an idea for X-Men Unlimited in which, in which, and I still think this would be a great comic. And if Tom Brevoort is out there and is listening to this, <laughs> you know, really is. wants me for, really yeah, wants Tom. me for Marvel. Um, I had an idea for a story, um, in which the house would be the mutant. It would be a kid who grew up and loved his childhood home. And then when his mutant powers kicked in, he essentially becomes the house. And so, you know, in the story, in this, in the standalone story, Kitty Pride would show up with some other X-Men looking for the mutant and not able to find him. Um, oh. and meanwhile, the house would have all these, these crazy things would be happening. The house doors slamming and all this. And gradually they figure out the house is the kid they're looking for. Oh. And they're like, my God, we're inside of his butt. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. that yeah. That's the cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, maybe, I don't know, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, maybe blue maybe they would have said yes if I pitched them on that. Probably. So, yeah. How did you get uh, hooked up with Gabriel Rodriguez? Um, uh, my friend, uh, Chris Ryle, he wasn't my friend then. I didn't know him, but uh, the editor of uh, Lock and Key um, showed me some artists. And, and he showed me some guys who did blood really well, like guys with like grotty looking Wolverine guys with like blood dripping down and stuff. Cool. But, but, and Gabe didn't really do that. Um, what Gabe did was he drew, um, people who were sort of adorable. Yeah. And I thought, this is the guy I want. The juxtaposition of. Most people don't understand that. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people misunderstand how horror works. I think that they think that if you just throw enough entrails at the reader, they'll be scared. I'm I'm all for entrails, you know. I've got no problem with that. But I think that you have to care about the source of the entrails first, you know. That you have to identify with a character and love them and care about them, and then it really hurts when they're hanging from a meat hook. Yeah, you know. But you got to make people care first. And in some ways, lock and key is like like the world's longest, meanest practical joke, because because you know we've we've. Everyone, do to us? <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I worry for in... these characters that I don't want to see on meat hooks. It's, it's, you know, when when you watch movies in the '80s, films like Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. and Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. you see these disposable teenagers who you don't care about, and you actually, you know, you've got the slut, you've got the jock, you've got the smart kid, you've got the geek, you've got the virgin, and and you know, it's I'm like four of look. those people. <laughs> <laughs> the um, slut. The, uh, Slut and virgin. Figure that out. <laughs> that is tough. Um, um, you have these characters, um, and you never really care for them, and you wind up rooting sadistically for the, you know, perversely yeah, yeah. for for Freddy Krueger, you know, and and you someone gets on the meat hook and you laugh about it, and I, I just I kind of hate that. I hate the idea of of the audience being enlisted on the side of the bad guy, and so Lock and Key is an attempt to do the teen slasher film where you're forced to get to know the kids, yeah. you know, and so then when bad things happen, it's not just the slut and the virgin. These aren't disposable people their lives mattered to you and and their deaths will matter too um oh, and there'll be a spoiler whole, yeah and there might be there might be a few i'm curious following up on that do you care about dodge do you feel for dodge or do you just think he's he she is despicable at this point 
Um, in, in Clockworks, well, we go back to the future. We go back right. to the, the, the 80s, and we get this, the backstory of Dodge, and we discover something terrible, which is that Dodge was a really great kid. You yeah. know, um, uh, loving, forgiving, decent, funny, relaxed, you know, sort of basically the kid everyone wanted to be in high school. Um, and, and too cool for him. He, so cool he doesn't even know it. Um, and then, you know, and then there's this, um, there's this tragic accident, and, and uh, he's become this, he becomes this twisted Freddy Krueger type figure. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and a lot of people die. I mean, if you haven't read clockworks, you know, I'm not going to say who, but a lot of people die back in the eighties and a lot more are going to die in the present day. Um, but the the thing is, the thing is, is I believe, you know, I believe that, that stories have to be about something more than themselves. Um, you want a story to ask interesting questions. Um, and, and, you know, I think everyone has had this experience of being in high school and then, you know, the night of the prom, four teenagers get wiped out in a drunk driving accident. And you go, oh, my God, you know, how the hell could that happen? Demon gate yeah. is what I always say. Yeah, right. Or exactly. Doesn't make people feel better. <laughs> or, or it's, either, it's either a drunk driving accident or it's demon possession. Mm-hmm. And, and or you know. Both. Or both. Right. Um <laughs> You know, and so and so, Lock and Key partially explores that idea of the the high school tragedy that you know everyone is sort of aware of. Now, uh, getting back to the art a little bit, um, his art is you know you mentioned such a cool uh, uh, kind of take on it. After a while, did it start inspiring your writing a little bit? Because it felt like it felt like it did a little bit, especially with the Calvin and Hobbes stuff, yeah. and like that. It was such an amazing. Like having these characters drawn so well and also a little cartoony and fun and then having all the horrible things happen was such a crazy play on emotions. And, and um, In the next couple of months, we have an issue coming out of a standalone story called Lock and House. The lock and key grindhouse. And, oh, oh um, man. And, and it's a throwback to the crime comedy, uh, crime, crime comics of the 50s and 60s. And you'll never believe Gabe drew it. It's so completely different from his style. I He's mean, amazing. He can, he can, he can, I mean, the great thing about him is he can, he can reinvent his style to do almost anything. Wow. Um, do for, you, do you love him? <laughs> Nearly as much as Pete does. Yeah, Pete, Pete loves him a lot. Well, I definitely feel in some ways like Gabe and I share Unibrain. You know, yeah. like like we we are the same. You know, we I, we are the old married couple where I start a sentence and he finishes it. Oh, that is you know? lovely. And I've learned more. So he's like, having a crazy conversation wherever he is. Right? <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, probably freaking out his family. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's just you yeah. know the um um. The other thing is, is, you know, when, when I started, I had the sort of arrogant writer notion that I was sort of the auteur and, and Gabe was just going to follow my instructions. And, um, it's been a great lucky break for me to discover that that's not the case early on. I've learned as much about those characters from the way Gabe has drawn them, um, as he's ever learned from anything I've written about him. And his, his sense for how to stage a suspenseful scene, I think, is unmatched in comics. Yeah, I mean, there were literally that first issue where there was that thing where he's sitting by the water, and all of a sudden, I jumped. And I'm reading a comic book. Like, that's how amazing of of not only writing, but the, the art to suck you in like that, where you're jumping like you're in a movie theater. And that's the last time he's jumped. Yeah. yeah. Pete lost the At ability all. to jump after that. It was yeah. really sad. Especially, he, he the, everything is so tense, and he's the most darling man. In person, <laughs> a sweet guy, you know, and um, and and I always kind of, I always kind of enjoy knowing, knowing, you know, what a loving family guy he is. Yeah. I always enjoy, you know, saying, "Well, now we're gonna shove the kid in front of the school bus." Yeah, you know, make him look like your son. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that? Oh, jeez, what? I'm not writing it. Weirdo. Yeah. Uh, but you, you guys have created such a, uh, an amazing comic that, like. I'm nervous to read it. Like, I'm so invested, but I'm also so nervous. It's like asking the hot girl out to prom. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a horror show. I know that much, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I just hope we can stick the landing. You know, yeah. everyone's had fun with it so far, and, and I mean, and and you know what happens with a lot of long running series is then you get the wet fart in the bathtub at the end. You know, <laughs> no, I like, hear you. What? You know, I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually planning. To... You heard it here first. That's the end of Lock and Key. <laughs> uh, is, that, is, that a is that the title of the last arc? Is the wet fart? <laughs> the you know the the thing which we've had a lot of arguments about is I'm replacing Tyler with Robert Patrick in the last arc. Um, uh, yeah, we were. Gonna Going to be, he's going to be a cousin who comes in. <laughs> and the thing is, he, he will still have the same chemistry. Yeah, oh, with, definitely. With, no one know, ever. All the other characters and Won't stuff. Miss a beat. I don't think so. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> Let's talk about the end a little bit. I'm sure you get this all the time, but what? You know, even beyond what you're planning for the end of Lock and Key, what's your philosophy on it? Is it? Plan it out in advance. I wrote, you know, the J.K. Rowling. I wrote this chapter years ago. Or is it? Let's see what happens and let that augment the ending. Fucking kill them all and let God sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that works for the written word. Sorry, no spoilers. <laughs> the um, no, you know, um, um, I, I, I forget who said this, but um, but oh, you know, I think it was George R. R. Martin in a in a recent interview oh, where he he talked about um, yeah, <laughs> he said what am I doing? Like, for a happy shit. ending, I probably should have brought him up. Yeah. The, uh, he said in a recent interview that there are two kinds of writers. Um, there are writers who are architects who plan and map and and they know everything that's going to happen. And then there are writers who are gardeners who plant things and and um you know and they kind of know what they're going to get, but they don't exactly know how it's going to grow. And that's always been my philosophy. I always feel like I'm going to create the situation. I'll have the characters there, and then they will organically oh, find awesome. their way to the end. Um, cool. And if you know, and that's the safest way to do things. If you plan things out, then you start to play it safe. You know, and and I decided I decided years ago if I put a character in a situation and they couldn't hack it. They were going to have to fucking die, and that was going to be the end. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to twist reality or 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 play games with possibility to keep them going. Uh, nothing like you know, in a TV series, you have a character you love, you know that person is signed to a three season contract, and they're not going to die. If you really think about it, you know they're not going to die. No one is signed to a contract in a comic book. Anyone can die, and and that's how it ought to be. Was there anything that happened that surprised you during the writing of the series? Um, anything that surprised me during the writing of the series? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, well, not, not really. Let me ask you about a specific issue. The issue. Yeah. No, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was a little bit. <laughs> I feel I, better now. I was a little bit surprised that, that Sam came so close to getting hit. This is a terrible spoiler. Sorry. If you haven't read this, you just fast forward through the video or whatever for a couple seconds. I was a little surprised at how close Sam came to getting revenge. I, I never imagined that he would be su such an engine of of rage, and you know, I basically thought I basically thought at the end of Welcome to Lovecraft that there wasn't that much more for Sam to do, and it it turned out that you know that I almost did a spit take there. Sam was kind of Sam's kind of I kind of love I kind of love yeah, Sam Lester. I think he's kind of a fascinating character. Yeah. Well, let's talk about where we're going. So you have Omega, which is the last series, mini-series, is coming up. You have Grindhouse, and there's one more one-shot as the well, The X-Men right? crossover. Great. <laughs> oh, man. Where I'm finally going to get to explore this mutant. And then it's all a big, it's all a big mutant house boy wet fart in the bathtub. I, I kind of feel like a little bit... Uh, when you're talking about a mutant that turns into a house, I'm having a big moment. Like, what's fun about playing with a house? <laughs> like, if he turns into a house, then what happens? So he's like, paint me. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Paint me. Listen. Marvel, Mar it should be pointed out, Marvel did pass on it. No one said that they made the wrong decision. But, but if you've, you know, if you've read a lot of Neil Gaiman, you've read, you know, Books of Magic, and so you remember seeing yeah. Baba Yaga's house, you know, and so I love the idea of the house getting up on its legs and just, oh, yeah, yeah the chicken feet away, just running know, away. Big chicken feet moving Yeah, you could have else. Beak live in this uh, mutant house. <laughs> That was such an obscure yeah, reference. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He has chicken feet. It's not important. Uh, let's, uh, there's a couple of questions that we have from people on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Sounds don't good. Mind. I'm going to try Twitter? to find. <laughs> The first question is somebody wrote, what is Twitter? <laughs> Which is a no, really... just etched that into your <laughs> iPad. That's meta. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Okay. Uh, can you tease anything about, this is uh, from JSA1036. Can you tease anything about the superhero comic you and Gabe are working on oh yeah 
No, not really. The 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 um, Gabe, um, I I I feel a guilt and shame about some of the things I forced Gabe to draw over the last few years. And this is a man who barely knows his family anymore because he spent so much time locked in his studio. And the whole reason Gabe got into comics was just to have the chance to draw a fucking dude in a cape. It's all he ever <laughs> wanted. So so we've talked a lot, and, and I, I promised him after Lock and Key is done, we can do a cape comic. We've had some conversations with someone who owns one of the licensed characters. I don't want to say whether it's Marvel or DC, but we've had some conversations and we've sort of received provisional approval to tackle a certain character. Um, and we'll probably do that for five or six issues before we go into our next creator own. Oh, now, so let's say he has a cape. He or she has a this cape. This isn't the, the cape thing that had your name on it. Uh, this it. is not the cape. Okay. No, this is not. This he keeps is not, talking about capes, but it's I, not this is this this is that this was, is a character, for example, like you know, um, yes. you know, I'm trying. <laughs> go on. You know, like um, Wonder Girl. You know, or something okay. like that. You okay. know, only it's not the character. With the so let's we can safely the say it's window. not Wonder Girl. Though, yeah, it's right? not because Wonder you Girl. wouldn't set it otherwise. Off the list. Right. So cool. Yeah, check that out. That's cool. it. We just broke some news. Now, you know, one thing. One thing. I don't think that. I don't think that Catalina, the Gabe's wife, would be down with him drawing the boob window in panel after panel. And, and one so of the reasons Power why, Girl off the list. Yep. One of the reasons here we go. Why what other I characters think, have a boob window? Wait, wait, wait. One of the reasons why I think Lock and Key has done well as an independent comic is. Because it hasn't slammed the door on female readers. You know, um, the female characters uh, have believable proportions and wear believable clothes and, and make believable decisions. Uh, take it easy. Take it easy. And, and, and I, I, largely, I largely think that that's because, um, um, well, for two reasons. The first is, even though you see a lot of nudity in most horror films, boobs are not frightening. Um, they just well, not. Uh, agree to disagree. I beg to differ. Uh, Boobs are not scary. They're, um, they're and the other thing is, is I think that I think Gabe lives in fear of Catalina, and if he, you know, if there was, you know, if there was too many flopping boobs, it'd probably be, you know, in trouble with her. So uh, I so also think this is, <laughs> that it's just, uh, you know. It's an amazing comic, so regardless of who you are, you're drawn to it. You know, yeah. I think sometimes people get a little carried away with the. You know, women don't like certain things, Uh-oh. you know, a little bit. So I don't know. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. Wait a big minute. spokesman for women in comics. Yeah, so. right. No, 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 no. I, you know, um, I think, I think that, that, um, a lot of female readers are totally okay with overt displays of female sexuality in comics. It's the difference between being control, in control of it and just being, yeah. just being there to provide it. Exactly. Um, right. you know, and but I think it's smart writing is smart writing, great. Art is great art, so regardless of, you know, I mean, if you're being a douchebag, you know, it's not going to. I think a lot of both genders are going to jump all over this, the comic that we're, we're going to be doing for Marvel, Captain. No, it's, it's, I think it's Mistress Wonderthong. And, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. You know, I predict a, I predict a big follow on for that one. Cool. <laughs> I know. I'm curious to hear her origin. <laughs> uh, this is a question from Blair K77, which I'm gonna assume is an inside joke of some sort. Uh, when does the poor Corky get couch privileges? Poor Corky. I think that's probably a reference to to um, to my dog McMurtry, um, who's uh, you know was sort of like my sidekick for you know when I write some of the desk. So. And he's never going to get couch rights. However, <laughs> however, um, a corgi features prominently in the plot of Lock and Key Grindhouse. Really? Will also, uh, well, maybe I better not say anything with that. There's, a, there's another. Oh, there's Gabe and I have started to experiment with standalone stories set in the Lock and Key world, and there will be more standalones. Um, there will be eventually enough to fill, a, a, you know, about six issues worth of them. To fill a book that will come out after Lock and Key Omega, oh, you're kind of that's really awesome. focused on the sixth number. I noticed. Yeah, well, I think that that makes it. I think I think it's it's just a it's just it makes a satisfying sized book that if you you know if you don't have around six and you charge people a lot of money, sometimes they feel a little ripped off. Sure, maybe sure. Rightly, and I think that once you start going much past six, then you wind up with like like I hate. And a lot of people have asked if there's going to be a lock and key omnibus. Personally, I hate omnibuses, you know, because these big, you know, things that you can't, big phone books that you can't actually read. Sort of unpleasant. I also really <laughs> dislike, um, Marvel did an omnibus edition, uh, omnibus edition of, of, um, the black and white Dracula comics that came out in the 70s, the magazine sized ones, mm-hmm. and they inked out all the bare flesh, you know, and they were mature comics, and I just, I, 
you know, is Marvel going to come with me to my next trip to the museum and <laughs> stick tape over, you know, yeah, they probably like that? I mean, hopefully, yeah, yeah. that would be fun. Smut, smut. I mean, it's Gene Colan's art. It's Gene Colan's art. I kind of thought it was nice before someone came in with the anger. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like ET. They replaced guns with you know walkie talkies. Nobody likes that. Spielberg admitted it was a mistake. Yeah. Well, but ET also in the original admitted. edition he had huge boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also those guns shot boobs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was real scary. Was yeah. Uh, with that is like that, you could you could write for you know the big two no problem. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing that I wanted to ask you: uh, the lock and key pilot. I know it's probably yes. maybe potentially a source. I can't wait for season two. Season one was so... I know a lot of people are unhappy about the... I did see the pilot last year at San Diego, and I thought it was great. Do you feel like... Is there any hope of ever seeing anything in another medium of Lock and Key again? Yes, I do. I think, you know, I think that uh, there was um, Mark Romanek, who directed Never Let Me Go, uh, One Hour Photo, and some, you know, and and definitely the hottest but most upsetting Nine Inch Nails video of all time. Um, (laughs) You know, um, he he directed a a one-hour pilot of Lock and Key. It was written by Josh Friedman. Um, Some great performances in it, especially from Skylar Gettin, who played Bodie, um, and it's just this incredibly so not like a TV kid, you know, so like a real kid, which makes the things mm-hmm. that happen yeah. to them very scary and stuff. Um, they came out with a movie quality pilot. I, I mean, I know I'm I know I'm invested in it, so I'm not the most unbiased person, but I thought it was I thought it was strong in almost exactly the same way Super Eight was strong, very yeah. like eighty Spielberg poltergeist. Um, Fox passed on it because they felt that it was too dark. Um, and they, I hear they just approved a Hannibal Lecter TV series. So I see that they're moving in yeah. a sunnier direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, well, he starts a band, so it's different. <laughs> it's like a glee. Yeah, it's like glee. Zoe Dashnell Dash moves in with an actor. Yeah. Oh, and she is just Bob, the darlingest. They share Bob so Beans and even. Yeah. yeah, that's cute. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I do think that there's still a good chance that, that there will be, you know, there will be some sort of TV or movie feature future for Lock and Key. Um, um, conversations have continued about it. All, the whole creative team involved with it still wants it to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. I can't. Some I I think that we've got a decent shot. So we'll see. Wow, All right. that's good news. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys, we're gonna move on with our next section, which we like to call the stack. Yeah. All right, and in the stack, each of us has made a pick, some particular comic book we like this week, so we're going to go to bat for it. First thing we're going to talk about, Pete's pick, Irredeemable, number 37. For Irredeemable. Over to you. Uh, so this is the last issue of Mark Wade's series about a Superman gone bad. Pete, what, what did hack. you like about this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, final issue, which final issue, which is kind of sad. Uh, Mark Wade did an amazing job in the series, and I was very interested to see how it was going to end. I thought it ended in a really good way. I didn't feel upset like we were talking before. I didn't think it was a fart in the water. Uh, and I felt like the, he did a really great job, and it felt honest, and it uh, really felt true to what he started out with. So I thought it was definitely a Justin, hell of a run. Justin, what kind of fart did you think it was? I thought it was a silent but deadly uh, fart in the world. I've never read a single issue of this, so I jumped on for the final. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, a lot of new characters. I'm surprised <laughs> he brought in so many new characters for the end. Uh, a lot of, uh, so I don't know where he's going to take it next is the only thing. Like not much of a cliffhanger. Uh, it was a, it's a good, it's a good issue. I mean, I, I feel like you see a lot of like sort of Superman analogs in the world these days, world of comics. Um, and if I may, should I spoil the ending or at least talk about it? Don't, yeah, don't talk don't about know. it at all. Oh boy. I, oh, sorry. I don't know. How when do people read comics? Like twenty years from now? How, how's it happen? <laughs> so I'm dying in twenty years. Come to my deathbed and we'll talk about this. Irredeemable <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I really like his costume with the arrow on the chest. It's like the cock is down here. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's his catchphrase. I don't know if you like, read the issue. Like the male analog, man like, yeah. and the legend. Yeah, the, old... the cock is there. This is a really the good series. Uh, it started out as a Superman gone bad riff, but it really transcended that nicely. Uh, it's too bad we can't talk about the ending, you guys, because it's a little ridiculous. It's a little ridiculous. It's real cocky. Or uh, not? It's not. A, that's not a pun on what you were just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, like, it is. It's just like really. So that's all we. Well, I guess. I, we'll wait say. a minute. What are you, you saying? Really... Was it good or not? Uh, the issue, the end, specifically. People want information from this show. Oh, well, boy. it's harder. We can't talk about it. Yeah. Um, you can tell I, if it was good or not. 
Uh, true. Not I thought well. I thought it was too too much. I was sort of like turned off by that. Yeah, end. but if you know about Mark Wade, he's kind of obsessed with Superman. He knows a lot about us, so I thought it was a little bit of a nice tip of the hat to be like, hey, this is how Superman. Uh, Don't say mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. All right, let's move on since obviously we can't talk about this. Let's instead Jeez. talk about something I'm sure we also can't talk about. Batman Incorporated, number one from DC Comics. Yeah. Justin, this was your pick. What did you like about this? Now, I sort of have felt like uh, Grant Morrison's Batman in the last couple years has been truly insane and very hard to read. It's just like all these characters who you Weird. don't really know. You think Grant Morrison's writing is a little crazy in the pants? Well, but a lot of people... crazy in the pants. A lot of people still like it. A lot of people are like, oh, this is a great issue. And I want to be like, tell me one thing that happened in this issue. <laughs> when they're like, oh, the Batman from Zuran R fought a Batman <laughs> who is inside a microchip. And you're like, what? Is that, how does that fight go? I don't know. And, but there's a lot of great, the art, so he always has great artists and, uh, it's always really cool. This issue, I feel like, sort of bo- boils out some of the craziest stuff yeah, and yeah. sort of, it's a nice Batman comic. There's some great Robin stuff that happens in here. Nice cliffhanger at the end and the art by Chris Burnham, I believe. Yep. Is awesome. So yeah. I love this comic. Yeah, it's a great team up. I really think that uh It's a great team up. Batman and Robin. <laughs> I met the Amazing. writer and the artist. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, writer and the Who artist. Who would have thought? Joe, I'm curious. I, I know you didn't necessarily get a chance to read this issue, but uh is do you have a favorite Batman story? Is there uh some particular run you I thought Batman you were gonna really like? say if do I have a favorite Batman? I was about to say, you know, no one's really done him as well as Adam West. I mean, nice. <laughs> yeah. You know. The um do I have a favorite Batman story? You know, I like I like Neil Gaiman's. I thought, you yeah. know, yeah. whatever happened to the Cape Crusader was was yeah. a, a beautiful, imaginative, you know, fun, you know, nutty, you know, crazy pants story. And, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, and he, he you know, uh, um, Neil Gaiman said a thing where he said, you know, when you take over a, a character like this, you want to tell one story that only you could have told. And I really feel like, I mean, you know, if there, that's, that's a story only Neil Gaiman could have. Follow-up question. What's your Batman story? Are you, do you have one that you're, like, burning to tell? Yeah, Ooh. I got a great idea for Batman Ooh. story. All right, just uh, write it here. <laughs> <laughs> right now. With your mouth. <laughs> With your words. Wayne Manor is a guy. Yeah. And Batman's like, my God, we're in his butt. Yeah. You know, I'm just throwing good. that out That's there. It, you're, saying, you're saying Grant Morrison's all crazy. I'm like, I don't know. This looks pretty normal. I get to page three. There's like Batman fighting the goat headed guy and like, <laughs> slaughterhouse. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I do. There's a really nice moment in here where Rabbit uh, adopts a cow and says, this will be our bat cow. Yeah. yeah. Like, cool. He says, he says the cow's face is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, he just became bat cow. Imagine if. Uh, Not really. Imagine if someone came here and said, you're now out of shape Batman. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted to be. <laughs> can I just, can I just, not to, not to start a little bit of a fight here. Uh-oh. But, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's do this. That's what we live for. Can yeah. I just, can I just say that I think the Marvel films bury the Christopher Nolan Batman? Oh, I agree complete with you. I mean, In fact, having seen I hear Avengers. Some out there. Mm. But I mean, it's just like, it's just like, really? What are you saying does, right now? Does, <laughs> does Batman gotta be the godfather? And what's yeah. up with the voice? I mean, Chris Justin Bale is like, he's always on the can. He's, like, he's got a very tight butthole. Well, you, you got to disguise your voice like and no Schindler one knows Man. when you talk regular. You know, I've said this a couple times since seeing Avengers that, like, my uh, anticipation for the Batman movie has gone so far down. Like, wow. seeing Avengers and seeing the trailer where it's just like, everyone's miserable. What is, what is everybody's memory just going up? Do you remember how amazing the last Batman movie was? Yes, it was I only just got out of it. It was so long. It's like eight and a half hours long. Oh, you know, and it's like there are like eight, eight seven and a half plus. hours perfect is what it is. Eight and a half really? hours short. Says I Pete. will agree with you, the voice. I think every time in the trailer for Dark Knight Rises, I was like, Alright, this looks good, and then they cut to Christian Bell, he's like <sighs> and especially they have a sh- voice, it's great. Well yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Christian Bale's voice is so crazy the Bane voice has to be totally incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah. And just like someone's scratching. And I wish they had I wish Ed Hathaway had a ridiculous voice too. I wish it was She's like, like oh, it's two guys talking, yeah. dubbing her voice. <laughs> Best superhero film flat out is Chronicle. Yes. Uh, I still haven't nice. seen it. Wow. It was really Chronicle, good. Chronicle is the best superhero Great film, movie. not just of the year, ever. Chronicle really? Is the best yeah. ever. Chronicle, Chronicle is the best superhero Why film Why do you ever. say that? Because you're talking about uh, Chronicles of Narnia? Is that what you're saying? Because, yeah. because it's Chronicles smart, of Riddick. Because yeah. it's smart yes. and it's real and you get emotionally tangled up in these characters. Because of the, basically, Chronicle is the best superhero film ever because of the talent show scene. 
And, mm-hmm. and there is nothing, nothing that human, that awesome, that, you know, that smart in any other superhero film. Wow. You know, not that, wow. that sort of like, the, that which just feels so natural, just like, not like a, not like a $50 million CGI set piece, you know, um, just like well, real kids. I mean, they found that footage according yeah, to well, the movie. All right. So like that makes it the documentary more real. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on with my pick, which was Chew number 26 Woo! from image comics. <laughs> now I will say. I'm usually okay with Chew. Yeah, you're not a big fan. I, I like it, but I don't love it. I'm now, not do you like this because Chew wasn't in it? And you were like, yeah. Yeah, and that's totally possible. <laughs> uh, but I would say I love this issue of Chew in particular. I think it always has crazy ideas. It's always very funny, but it doesn't really feel very emotionally grounded. And here we get uh, Chew, the main character, who he's a cheapopath. He can bite things and sense their history. Here, his sister, who can bite people and yep. tell the future, and oh. his brother, who is just a chef, team up to just a, chef? Just, just a chef. Just a chef. How dare you? What he can do with eggs and toast is amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have the palate you guys do. Yeah. That's eggs for goddamn toast. right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they team up to take down this guy who stole paintings that if you lick them, they taste delicious. <laughs> and it's very funny throughout. It's a good a little uh, heist thing, but it shows the relationship between these two characters that haven't really gotten much to the spotlight before, and it's, it's very enjoyable. It was definitely my favorite of the week. What would you guys think? This was the first issue of Chew, I <laughs> Where is so, it? I don't know. These are two comics that I just don't read. Uh, uh, let me get this straight. Chicken doesn't exist on this world? No, no, it's illegal. Why? Bird flu. Oh, and NASA runs shit. Yep. And that's the only two things that are different. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's an answer. I just described it. for you to grasp? I described it as people. people in, in the real world, people can't bite people that sense their future. Yeah. yeah. And, what? And, <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I was sort of, uh, I didn't, uh, again, I didn't know quite uh, which character, I didn't know about the missing character. Uh, but, uh, like, it's sort of a funny, funny, I didn't think it was super funny. Uh, so I guess that's what you just said. It's funny. It's funny. funny. It's but funny. I didn't think it was super funny. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's a different, you know how there are regular people and super people? <laughs> it was uh, in between. I just love how we read comic books all the time and people fly and kill people and shoot lasers. You pick up two and you're like, what? <laughs> this could no never happen. Well, no. There's no chicken? Well, it's like, it's just illegal, Pete, as we uh, established. But it seems very, it seems very arbitrary to be like, the world I want to create, NASA gets a bunch of props. Chicken gets no love. Like, what happened to this dude? There's nothing arbitrary about being bit by a radioactive spider. Uh, Well, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yes! But it, it, it's one thing, and then that's the crazy thing. This has two crazy things, and then, uh, the, then there's the oh, Hold on, hold on. Uh, Peter Parker being bit by a radioactive spider is the only crazy thing at Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, no, that's the beginning, and then it... it and and his parents just, came back as robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, You're you know, really wait, spies. No, no, no. This. no what this about is, the doctor who's an octopus? Yeah, because yeah. this... Yeah, no, I'm familiar with... the doctor with, who's a lizard. Huh? Or the uh, other doctor who was bitten by a radioactive doctor and became a super yeah. doctor. <laughs> He's the only doctor I would go to in the yeah. Marvel Universe. He's really good. But the story's about a, guy, a person that uh, bites people and can he- understand things about their lives. The chicken thing is very, it's not, uh, very, such a left turn. What about a guy who's a reporter, thing. when he takes off his glasses, nobody knows who he is? Yeah, but that's not part of the story. It's not like it's not like I'm they sat there and they were like suspension. Pete, take off your glasses. Are you saying Where, that, where'd Pete go? Are you saying that Siegel and Schuster mistrusted glasses? Yeah. So anyway, great comic. Thanks. <laughs> All right, that's it for the stack. Guys. We are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you guys out there made it up. It's your audience questions. And for that, we're going to go to Boothman. Hey. First hey, of all, everybody. Boothman, how does it feel to be actually back in a booth? Oh, uh, you know. Aww. Aww. No, no, it's cool. I like it. Okay, uh, let's get the first question. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, enough about you. Yep. Uh, first question is for Joe. Uh, where do you land on the whole creator owned versus Marvel DC debate with many um, not able uh, creators? Notable. Not not able. That's a different thing. Not uh, able. <laughs> notable creators renouncing the big two. Will you be, uh, and also, will you be purchasing before Watchmen? Mm. 
Uh, it's well, a lot of okay. There's there's yeah. a few things to unpack there. Yeah. But the first yeah. thing is is I don't think that my opinion matters because it's because <laughs> because because something is happening in comics that that can't be reversed. Which is you know a few publishers have started to say we just want to publish your books like an ordinary publisher and you'll keep the film rights and the game rights and the action figure rights and all the rest of it. And, you know, go with God. Um, we're just going to, we're just going to be a publisher like the, you know, my, um, I have a, I have a date job writing novels and, and, you know, it was never even discussed that the, the publisher would somehow own those characters and be able to hire someone else to write a sequel or, or, you know, take those and go make a movie because it's just understood that's not how it is in publishing. Comic books has this sort of perverse throwback philosophy to the fifties, you know, that somehow if you publish a, a writer or an artist, then you're going to own their work forever and own all their good ideas. And that, that whole way of doing business is slipping away, um, uh, so rapidly that it will probably almost completely vanish in the next five years. Um, Marvel and DC will continue to have their their property, their creative real estate. But new ideas like Walking Dead, um, you know, those are going to publishers who who uh, are willing to let the creators keep their rights. Um, so in a way, you know, I don't feel like my my opinion matters. It's it's at this point that's how that's how the rights are flowing, and there's no way to turn it back. Um, as far as as far as before. Watchman goes. I mean, you know, I, I think it's awesome. I'm gonna. I'm actually working on before before Watchmen. Um, <laughs> nice. In it, there's like a Rosart sperm who like <laughs> punches out the other sperm, and he's like, you know, this ovary is a dead dog running in the street. <laughs> <laughs> These fallopian tubes are filthy. <laughs> you know, and no, I, I think it's. I, I think, think your voice is very over the it's, top. It's a little it really over the top. It's a little over the top. I, I think it's horrifying. I mean, I think it's really gross. I, there are lots of creators working on Before Watchmen who who I adore, and I'll keep buying their work and stuff. And but I think you know, I, I think it's like a bad joke. I, I, I you know, it's um um what would you know? I, I just don't understand. I, I and and I also I also think you know people tend to make fun of. Alan Moore's passions, you know, and when he, you know, decides to, um, the new lock and key is dedicated to Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman. And, uh, a friend of mine joked that Alan Moore was going to have his name taken off the dedication <laughs> by his, you know, and, but the thing is, is the thing is, is I, I have great sympathy with, with Alan Moore's point of view. They promised him one thing and they didn't give it, you know, no wonder he feels betrayed. And this is, you know, and this is sort of, um, this is sort of even worse. I mean, this is like before Citizen Kane, you know? Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. So, oh, man, it's a bad they, idea. They would be like building the sled. It is. Spoiler. Hey, yeah, geez. Yeah. Oh, wow. geez. That movie is only a million years old. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first, first movie. movie. It was. <laughs> well, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't quite the first film, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> there were actually some, there were a few films. No, I'm pretty sure it was the first movie. Mm. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to get the next yeah. question. Okay, okay next question. Uh, which comic book character do you want as a drinking buddy? Oh, nice. Oh, Wolverine, because uh, he would sober up fast and drive us home. <laughs> Real logistical uh, answer to that question. Would you guys talk? You'd just be like, hey, bub, There's... I want to go home now. <laughs> yeah, well, what do I need to talk? You know, I'm not, you know, not going to talk about my feelings with Wolverine. Just want to, you know. What do you do bug? when you drink with Yeah, people? you talk about your feelings, Pete? When you no, drink? you just drink. And in silence. silence. How can anyone wow. pick anything besides Scarlet Witch? Wouldn't it be great to go out drinking with Scarlet Witch? Uh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Hold up. Why? why? Wait, you, you love her. She's so cute. You know, <laughs> she's smart. And she's, she's smart and funny. She's got class and stuff. And she looks good in the cape. Who would want to go drinking with her? good in the cape. What about her weird, like, doesn't she have the uh, little weird thing yeah. that Wouldn't just like hovers here? Wouldn't you like to see her hair down, though? Uh, like, yeah. Off, so you don't want to go for have a beer with her. You want to, like, have sex with her. Who wants to have a beer with with anybody unless I mean, you're going to have sex that's, with them? That's, 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 We're that's, having beers right now. Have, yeah. Who wants to go have, like, a beer with Cyclops? You know, it's like, nice well, start drinking, burning holes in the ceiling and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And, I mean, you know, or, like, Wolverine, who probably, like, I mean, like, it's cool. Like, everyone loves Wolverine and stuff, but, like, how do you think the dude smells? You know? <laughs> guy probably wow, smells like day sensitive. three, STC. You know, STCC, you know? Just, ugh, you know? <laughs> I'm sure wow. he showers. You're you sure? Seen, you You're sure he showers? Have no, you ever yeah. seen him? You know? Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see the I, My theory comic. is they don't call him Wolverine for nothing. Okay? Yeah. It's like... You know, he stinks. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm all right. Just was wondering if maybe Wolverines regularly take showers or something. I think like they should release no, a book where so. all the Marvel characters dry. shower, just so we know. Yeah. Just so we know who's doing it. They did do the it. swimsuit issue. Yeah, great collectible. <laughs> uh, I remember that. I, I I love Namer's like. Doesn't he have like the seashell like? You know, he has. Like, the he was wearing in that God. issue. He was wearing a full body suit. That <laughs> talk collectibles. Yeah. You know, that's an I uncomfortable would, way could, to spend your life. They could move a lot of seashell <laughs> God pieces at. This is CCC. the second show in a row where somebody has brought up seashell cod pieces. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, specifically namers. Not a lot of people wear them. <laughs> no, just in general. Well, I for didn't the rip season. It off. I never watched this crap. Uh, Ooh. Justin, what's your answer? I'm angry now. <laughs> cool. Let's get the next question. All right, Silver next. Surfer. All right. Nobody answers. Shrink? Yeah. Oh, you big drinker. Oh, stop. You ever hung out with a regular surfer? You think the silver surfer is any different? <laughs> Probably drinks Coors I'll tell Light. you what. He's high I'll all the time. What. Speaking of cosplay, okay, I saw Silver Surfer at, like, one of the conventions and stuff. Like, completely, he was wearing, like, the, the bikini bottom, and he was, like, slicked in the silver and stuff. And I'll tell you what. I would have said it takes balls to wear that costume. <laughs> but, you know, based on the evidence. Oh, oh, takes, oh, I'm kind of balls. thinking maybe not so much. No, it takes balls to wear that costume. Boothman, you got the next question for us? Uh, of course I do. Uh, what are the three best comics I'm not reading? Okay, just shout every comic you're reading. <laughs> yeah. And we'll tell you what to add to the list. Batman, Superman, uh, that's it. Well, hopefully you, you know about Concrete. Um, amazing that would be the first Amazing, yeah, amazing building supply. Raise your hand if you ask that, not to put you on the spot. Are you reading Concrete? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good man. Are you talking more superhero or sort of more indie? Oh, nice. Ooh. Out of the box, that's where I live. <laughs> I'd recommend Irredeemable Batman Incorporated. <laughs> Good. That's literally the only box that you could be inside right now. <laughs> yes. Saga. Except for Pete's yeah, going Saga through Saga. Saga. Great comic. Yeah. Saga's amazing. Yeah, you better be reading Saga. Whoa. You don't I'm have always, to threaten. <laughs> yeah, I'm geez. always running a couple years behind. You know, mm. like, I'm always, like, it's, you know, it's 2012. I'm stuck in, like, 2010 in terms of, so, like, you know, Echo. Yeah, it's finished, but a lot of people still haven't experienced it. It's great. It's so, good. You know, and if you, it's it's like the it's like the best eighty science fiction film that's that's was never made. You know, like Starman yeah. or Close Encounters, and it also I contend it is the best comic ever about a woman shooting laser beams from her boobs. Let us think on that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> boobs uh, are scary. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would say a, there's a. This guy, Jason, who does a series of sort of short. Yeah, do, you, do you read that? That's no, oh, that's very good. His stuff's very good, sort of bleak, very spare. Nice. Yeah. Uh, really cool uh, stuff. That's not superhero either. Yeah. I've been reading this thing called Lights Booth. <laughs> it's like real indie, you guys. You probably <laughs> haven't heard of it, but you should check it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lights no one's Booth heard. Bar that's really, cool as Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, great, uh, great choice. Cool. Thanks. There's a guy named Tom Gold. Um, who does hardcovers mostly. Um, he, he did, and he's a lot like Edward Gorey. And I don't know if he counts as a, I don't know if he's doing comic books or picture books or, or what you want to call them. It's, it's images and words in a sequential <laughs> story. So it kind of seems a little bit like works for books, me, but he doesn't have word balloons or anything. And I definitely, I definitely think Tom Gold is great the way Edward Gorey was great. And it's sort of worth a look. If you really want to veer way off the beaten track, he's interesting. Cool. There's a comic called Fear Agent by Rick Remender uh, that is also yeah. ended, but that's very, very good. Uh, sort of a hard drinking space. And we were talking about this on the show type. the other week, but there's a title that's just started at Dark Horse called Alabaster Wolves. Yeah, that's that to amazing. me feels like Fear Agent, but for horror instead of sci-fi. It's great. Definitely pick it up. There's a little indie thing, too. It's about this team of guys with, not all guys, but with remarkable talents. There's one guy who wears, like, a metal suit, and uh, there's another guy who, like, freaks out and gets big and stuff like that. <laughs> uh -huh. and Weird. And, um, it's one of these things where I wish more people were exposed to it and mm. heard about it and stuff. Right. Probably, so, not. What, uh, probably not. Probably not. In that, that world, what's going on with the chicken? <laughs> yeah, great point. Yeah, that guy thanks. that freaks out, is he three years old? Because if he's not, I'm not interested <laughs> in reading it. Older, older, you know, but... Bullshit Good series. Good <laughs> cool. Uh, that's it. No, no, I've got a bunch <laughs> more questions, but no, no, no. Uh, let's go into a lightning round. So, okay. first answer is correct. All right. Which comic book character would you fight to the death and why? And would you win? <laughs> <laughs> I would choose one that I would likely win uh, to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with my stock answer, Cypher, who I you love, but I think I'd win. 
How would you guys kill each yeah, other? Yeah, how would you beat By Cypher? through boredom? Crying. The extreme crying. <laughs> crying. Dehydration extreme through crying. crying. Both be throwing punches would be like, no. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty much it. All Look right. At, looking forward to that issue of X-Men Unlimited. Uh, <laughs> Next question. Uh, this is for Mr. Hill. Okay. Uh, why did you choose to write Lock and Key as a comic, and how has this affected the writing? Well, because it began as a comic book pitch, I always saw it as a comic book. Um, and, and because I have a comic book imagination, I always, you know, a, a lot of my stories, I think of, you know, I'll flirt back and forth between, you know, would this be good as a novel? Would this be good as a comic? Um, um, you know, in terms of how it's changed my writing style, um, you know, originally I would do eight drafts of, of, a, of a script and I would obsess over wow. and I'd these intricate descriptions and, and actually in the, in the sort of this leather bound oversized edition of lock and key and it's got all the scripts in the back of it the omnibus lock and key it's not an omnibus <laughs> but it is big it's just sure to be in an omnibus <laughs> the um um but over time i become so close with gabe and we you know we have this thing going usually i can finish a script in just a draft or two and and mm-hmm. i know exactly what i need to talk about and what i don't because gabe will fill in the rest and you know and he has he has you know he just he just he's not I, I sometimes say about Gabe, he's not an illustrator. He's he's writing. He's writing as much as I am. Um, it's just instead of instead of par- his paragraphs or panels, he has this. There's a wonderful panel in um, Clockwork Six um, where, without ruining anything, where this one character is holding a jar and writing on it, yeah. and it's supposed to be the word is supposed to be emergency, but she's not fit, finished writing it, and what she's written is emerge. And that's all game. And it's just this. I saw it. I thought, oh, geez. Oh, you, if you know what happens awesome. to the stuff in this, the contents of this jar, in a in a different story, you know that that's just creepy. And that wasn't in the script. That's just game. Oh man, and English is his second language. English, so, is, that's right. Yeah. So to be able to, to be hitting those puns, like, that's a straight up he's, pun. Yeah, he's he's tremendously fluent. Um, and I think like a lot of people who have multiple languages, um, he's he's better at reading it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he can't verbalize, um, as, although, although he's very, you know, he's very fluent, but, but, um, maybe he can't articulate as well as he can pull information in. It yeah. almost no. seems now that, like, he's just carrying you on this process. He has really been, <laughs> he has really been carrying me. I actually haven't written a script for <laughs> yeah. 10 issues. I just, I do some word balloons at the end. <laughs> uh, one more question. We'll yeah. do one, one more, more question. Let's do it. Uh, if you had a head key, what character would you expunge? Oh, oh shit. No. Man. Oh, man. Expunge or explore? Whichever. Whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> Joe, do you have an answer for that? Expunge. Get rid of him. Yeah. From lock and key or from like... from, no, from your, own head. Your, your own, own head. head. your own head. Your own head. Anyone, yeah, you ever. Of your own head. Yeah. The head... Oh, yeah. what would I in take the, out? Uh, in the comic book lock and key, there's a key called a head key. And what it yeah. does, it could... Oh, Joe, it. listen yeah, now. Yeah. This is important. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it in the back of your neck and you open up your head and it opens up the inner world of your thoughts and you can take things out, put things in. Um, and um, But see, like I'm like the creator of the comic, so I know it's a really bad idea. And yeah. You don't want to take anything out. Which one would you take out? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I wouldn't, would, I wouldn't fool with it. It's a really, it's, uh, it's, it's not... It's an intricate and, um, system of, yeah, um, and checks and balances. Everyone who stuffs stuff into their heads um, thinks they're learning, but it's, it's, you don't absorb stuff uh, the same way that you do when you actually when you actually think for yourself. Ah, it's almost okay. like a message. Like, oh, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't do drugs. I think I would uh, take this moment out and then be like, cool, what should I take out? <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. I got a memory this whole evening. <laughs> right. Oh. I, no, no, no. I, oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'd put in a radical dude. Dude, just put in like a more radical dude. Right. Like a skateboard. Just so take a I would like, I would put the silver surfer in my head. <laughs> Pete, what about you? Uh, I would like to take out the angry Hulk version of me that runs around in my brain, but there'd be nothing left. Yeah, there'd be nothing left. <laughs> Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Take out Phantom Menace. Yeah. Wow. No, yeah. you Is just... that a character in your head? <laughs> if you took out the Phantom Menace, you'd be like, there's More another thing. Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Go check I that can't out. Dad, you realize I don't like everyone loves Star Wars and, you know, that it's still like people still care and have their action. But do you realize that those stories have basically sucked since about like 1980? <laughs> you know, I mean, like people think like, like, oh, the old prequel was great. But, you know, the first one was great. Nah, come on. I mean, the first two were great. Return was stale. All right, all and then there were like the Ewok films, you know? Like, I mean, I think at this stage we gotta say that there is more Star Wars like the Ewok films than there were like, you know, Irwin Kirsten, you know, Kirsten's, you know, Empire Strikes Back. 
we have one fluke film, Empire, and then like a lot of Ewok adventures and droids. Ewok Christmas changed my life. <laughs> that's everybody's questions. So that's it for the yeah. live show. Yeah. Welcome show, back. Bro. Welcome back to the non-live show. Yeah, pre-taped. <laughs> pre-taped. Pre-taped. Lock and Hope you all enjoyed that little throwback there. Uh, we're going to have a bunch more fun surprises and treats for you all in the Lock and Key Unlocked feed. So definitely subscribe there. A couple of things we should probably plug. We also already talked about our live show, which is currently running Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. So definitely come by that it is free every week you can support us patreon.com slash comic book club a couple of places you can check us out socially lock and key pod on twitter instagram and facebook uh itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice if you want to subscribe please leave us a comment on itunes in particular that helps us out a lot and remember uh, keep those locks locked right here. Unlock those locks. No, I just keep them locked.